Welcome to the Golden Hour Mixtape Podcast, where I, and sometimes a guest or two, talk about all things music, dissecting albums, songs, and artists to help you diversify your taste or increase your musical passion. Without further ado, let's drop the needle. Welcome, guys, to the Golden Hour Mixtape Podcast. As I'm sure you've heard, uh, the intro. <laughs> um, this is my first venture into a podcast, and so I hope that uh, as the episodes progress, uh, so does my editing and uh, uh, talent to talk about something I enjoy. Um, but yeah, this is a podcast. Um, we talk about music here. I, I talk about music here. And, you know, it's just something that's been, I've been kicking around since the beginning of the pandemic. And so to finally do it and to finally bite the bullet and start recording, it's a pretty, pretty big step. Um, but yeah, so this is a introductory episode. Um, I had a little bit of trouble um, trying to record this because um, I had written out or like a rough outline for the first episode and you know it it had gone pretty well but um uh due to the fact that the recording software i use uh won't let me upload uh any episodes if they have music to anything other than spotify uh i had to reformat the first episode to make it available everywhere which is not a bash against anchor uh Anchor has been a wonderful tool uh, so far to help get me uh, started with this. Um, but in general, this is basically just a disclaimer. Uh, all of my future episodes are going to be available on Spotify. Um, you know, this is a music podcast. And so, you know, to be able to play music is a pretty big part of it. Um, so, yeah, uh, this episode will be available everywhere just to kind of, you know, get it out there uh and if you like what you hear then i highly uh i I would really appreciate um listening on spotify uh leaving a rating and following i mean it it really really helps a lot to get my playlist out there Uh, or podcast i'm sorry um but yeah uh this is a podcast um i've never recorded a podcast before i've never made a podcast before um and it's just something that i've I've enjoyed a lot listening to them and I listen to a lot of music and so I figured you know why not combine uh, my uh, Spotify wrapped passions together <laughs> um, so yeah so again without further ado let's drop the needle so what is this episode going to be about um, I've thought about it a lot and I figured maybe like the best intro episode that I could do would be, you know, just to kind of set the, uh, you know, set, set the bar a little bit for uh, my tastes and what I like in music. And so I was kind of thinking of what the best way to do that would be. And um, I figured, you know what, why not do an episode talking about some stuff that I listened to last year, 2021, um, specifically five albums that I've listened to that uh, I enjoy, and um, I'm going to talk about them. 
so so yeah uh, I, ho I hope you like it i hope this interests you and uh let's just get into it so the first album that i'm going to be talking about today it has a little bit of a story behind it um i i'd heard of this band before and i hadn't really checked out their music other than you know their most famous song which is uh, the night we met um so the band is lord huron and uh, i hadn't really kept up with them i hadn't really listened to them um before this project but now i can say with full certainty that i am 100 percent a fan um their music just hits hits that nostalgic chord in the heart you know um so a friend actually sent me uh one of their songs from this album uh mine forever and when i first heard it i was blown away by just the amount of nostalgia for something i had never experienced it was a uh, it was an interesting interesting feeling so the album is long lost by lord huron it was released may 21st 2021 and was produced uh, by the band members now something interesting about this album is the promotion for it is extremely vague like in writing or outlining this episode i tried to like educate myself a little bit about what the recording process was um and like the background of it um but i could barely find anything online uh promotion was like extremely vague um all that the wikipedia said about the background for it is that there was a simple announcement of some live shows titled alive from whispering pines which i believe is their recording um their their label um, so yeah, uh, it was super vague. I didn't know what was going on, but, um, after I got sent this, uh, one song from the album, I was completely hooked. And so I sat down right then and there and I listened to the whole thing and I was just blown away by, again, nostalgia for something that I had never experienced. Um, the best way that I can describe this album it's like, you know how in like the 60s, you know, that there was that huge like cowboy nostalgia and um, it was like a huge like southwestern type of aesthetic, uh, you know, like Lone Ranger, Outlaw uh, type of uh, type of energy. You know, it's got like the twangy guitar, you know, the lap steel, the spring reverb dusty boots old saloons you know kind of like that um this is gonna sound stupid but uh in in back to the future the third one kind of that whole uh nostalgia for the six like or, or not for the 60s but like what we romanticized the wild west it feels a lot like that um so it, again it made me super nostalgic for that specific like 60s cowboy aesthetic and like I, i'm 17 <laughs> i didn't grow up in the 60s but you know it was kind of an interesting feeling to listen to it and be like transported uh to that time um but yeah it was it was a really cool album um my interpretation is that it's a concept album there's nothing well there's barely anything about it online but um my specific interpretation 
is that it's a concept album. Um, and I'll do my best to describe exactly how it's a concept album. But basically, it's a collection of decaying records from an old radio broadcast from the 60s. Um, or even, even like the Wild West. Uh, like old old just old records of old uh western music um and what's kind of what's kind of cool about this album is i have i have the vinyl record of it and the liner notes they have album advertisements for other whispering pines bands um that don't exist so it almost feels like it's a bunch of old records that were found and they're being played or or the band is sending a radio broadcast through time it's it's kind of an interesting um interesting concept um that i don't really know if it's a concept album but it feels like a concept album um but it, it's just really really interesting um to to feel nostalgic for something you didn't experience um but yeah it, it feels like an old radio broadcast that somehow ended up in our time or um, like a bunch of old dusty records were found or, or, or some sort of recording from a radio broadcast. It's really, really interesting. Um, and then an interesting people are moving chairs or vacuuming upstairs and it's making noise. I hope this doesn't show up on the recording. Um, but an, an interesting uh, sequencing. Uh, oh my god. There's like the most infernal buzzing upstairs. I think they're vacuuming. Okay. Um, where was I? Okay. Uh, sequencing. Album sequencing. Um, the album is not laid out specifically like this. But in listening to the album, I realized that two of the songs specifically had this kind of connection. Um, so the first song that I'm going to talk about a little bit is uh, I Lied. And this song, it's uh, essentially a couple falling out of love with each other is what the song is about. And them going back and forth sharing their perspectives. Uh, really, really pretty song. Um, it features Alison Pontier. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, but she's an uh, up-and-coming artist as far as I'm aware uh, that I haven't heard too much about, but she has a really pretty voice along with, um, I believe it's Ben Gibbard or something. Hubbard? Gibbard? I don't remember. Uh, the the lead singer from Lord Huron. Um, they have a really pretty chemistry with their voice. But so, so you have I Lied, which is the couple falling out of love with each other. And then the second son um, that isn't, it comes first in the album, but I feel like it's, the sequel to I Lied is a song called Love Me Like You Used To. And in that song, it's basically like the guy realizing, like after a period of time has passed, that he's still very much in love with this woman. And, you know, he's asking for her back and asking asking her to love him uh, like she used to. Uh, so it was a very, very interesting um I remember I texted I texted a friend I was like currently obsessed with listening to I lied and love me like you used to in that order 
pain is fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it was a really cool album. Highly, highly suggest listening to it if you like uh, country western music. Um, I, I, I gotta confess, I'm not the biggest country fan. Uh, I sometimes listen to Randy Travis. Um, uh, I'm actually kind of a hypocrite though, because I say I'm not a country fan and yet I own like Casey Musgraves entire discography on vinyl. So <laughs> take that, uh, how you will. Um, but this album, I just, I fell in love with it. Like I said, I bought it on vinyl as well. Um, and it's just a wonderful project from front to back. And then actually the last song on the album, I, I think it's the last song. It's, uh, it's called Time's Blur. And I actually didn't write this down, but um, it's 14 minutes long. And it's basically like an instrumental version of a select few of the songs, uh, which is really interesting. I, I hadn't heard of an album ending that way. But it, it really adds to the whole, like, decaying radio broadcast vibe that the album gives. Um, so, yeah, 10 out of 10, highly recommend it. Uh, Long Lost by Lord Huron. It's occurred to me during the uh, recording of this podcast how much I say um. Uh, and I just, or, uh, or, or, uh. And I just like to apologize in advance if that's something that annoys you. Um, I'm not the fastest at editing or the best at editing on anchor yet and so uh, i'm not gonna like force myself to go back and edit this um it, like really anally so i apologize in advance for any excessive ums or us or i forget what the word is for words like that but i apologize uh, but moving on um, the next album that I'm going to talk about is something that I found kind of by accident. Um, the album is 2020 by Joe. Now, it's spelled D-J-O, so I'm assuming it's Joe. And then the guy that wrote all the songs is named Joe, J-O-E. So I'm assuming it's Joe. Um, but yeah, 2020 by Joe, released September 13th, 2019. This album, oh my god, okay, so I knew nothing about um, this album. I'd never heard it. I think he has like less than 100,000 listeners on Spotify, um, but uh, I had heard of one of the actors in Stranger Things, um, Joe Keery. He... Um, was he he helped or something with his with another band of his friends that sounded like something that I would like I believe the word that was used was psychedelic folk so needless to say I was intrigued um so I looked up the band it wasn't really my speed um but then I went into like the suggested artists or artists like this or whatever and I found Joe and I found this 2020 album I thought the cover of it was really interesting it's like um, like psychedelic almost. Um, so I was like, okay. So I just added it to my liked albums on Spotify and just kind of went about my, my life. Um, and so one night I was hanging out in my room. I forget what I was doing. I think I was probably playing video games or something. 
Um, and I was like, uh, I should listen to uh, one of my albums from my liked albums list. So I was like, okay, what should I pick? And so I picked this one. I was like, all right, let's do this. Uh, I was blown away. Um, it's just, it's such a well-produced project. For, for someone that was acting for a really uh, critically acclaimed show in between making this it's an extremely well-produced project like it's super lush really dreamy um really just really good indie music like there's no other way to describe it it's just good um and so yeah not much is known about the history uh i tried my best to do research and find out like when he recorded it all that i could find out is that he made it in downtime between seasons so uh there's that um but yeah the biggest surprise is just for for me how the beginning of each song is different from the end of each song um like it's a it's a different like it starts out and you kind of think you know how the song is gonna go and then it just throws you for like the biggest loop in the world so uh yeah it's very uh very well produced a really pleasant surprise for someone that i didn't expect um you know i had heard of stranger things i know it has a pretty big following um but i just you know i was just browsing spotify so i was extremely uh surprised pleasantly um and yeah this is just a really solid project uh, my personal favorites were personalized Chateau Feel Alright and Flash Mountain. Um, but yeah, let me know what you think. I mean, um, I think on, I think on, if, okay, if you go to anchor.fm and you go to this episode, I believe you can leave a comment. Um, I'm still trying to figure out this whole anchor thing. Um, but yeah, um, if that is a thing, don't take my word for it. But if you can leave a comment, let me know what you think of it because. I just I want more people to know about this album. It deserves to be, um, it deserves to be recognized, you know, in in the zeitgeist of indie music. Uh, so yeah, super cool, really well produced. Um, if you like, let's see, if you like Cocteau Twins, and let's see, what else? Um, I don't know uh borns you'll probably like this um so yeah very pleasant surprise highly suggest you check out the songs i mentioned again personal lies chateau feel all right and flash mountain really really good um oh uh also i should mention that 2020 all of the songs were written and produced uh by joe kiri um so he it's kind of like the powerhouse, the mastermind, if you will, behind that project. Um, okay, moving on. Number three, uh, Barton Hollow by The Civil Wars. Now, in choosing albums for this list, I was trying to think of things that personally left a big impact on me. Um, and this album was not one of them. So one might ask, why did I choose this album? Well, simple thing is... Um, I really, really like folk music. 
and I was really trying to diversify um, exactly what the albums I recommended were, just to kind of broaden the scope, you know, um, try and introduce people to more stuff. So I chose this album not because it left a huge emotional impact on me, but because it's just really, really good. If you like folk music, if you like, um, let's see, like Adam Melcher or um, even even some Lord Huron songs, or even some, if you like Skinny Love by Bon Iver, you'll probably like Barton Hollow by The Civil Wars. Um, this album was released February 1st in 2011, and all of the songs were produced by Charlie Peacock, who I could not find any information on, but he produced them, and he did a good job. So, um, round of applause for Charlie Peacock. Um, so how did I find this album? Well, this is probably going to be the most polarizing thing that I'm ever going to say on this podcast. But I am a really big Taylor Swift fan. And that's all I'm going to say about it. But I found this album because um, in 2012, I believe, Taylor Swift released a song called Safe and Sound uh, for the Hunger Games soundtrack. I forget which Hunger Games because I didn't watch them. Um, So it's pretty easy to forget. Uh, but uh, so I found them through Safe and Sound with uh, by Taylor Swift, uh, sh- which she made uh, with them. And what blew me away the most about them specifically is the harmonies that they have with each other. The way that their voices sound together is just incomparable. That's how you say it, right? Incomparable. It's not incomparable. I'm taking too long on this. Incomparable. Let's just go with that. Um, but yeah, weaving through their harmonies, it's just, there's these delicate plucks of acoustic guitar and like soft piano. Um, I do have to give like a, kind of like a disclaimer, if you're going to listen to this album, um, while listening or post listen, you may desire to disconnect yourself from society and go live in a cabin in the forest alone. So, fair warning. But it is such a beautiful project. And uh, in doing my research for this album, uh, I saw a quote from one Darren Lee, who is a critic. And he said, uh, I believe he said it best, to quote the Darren Lee, the great Darren Lee, uh, he said that it was pleasingly sparse and unembellished. And I think that is the best description that I can probably give is from, is not even mine. (laughs) Um, So yeah, pleasingly sparse and unembellished. It's not trying to be something that it's not. It's really just trying to be a really solid 10 out of 10 folk album. Um, Sadly, the Civil Wars uh, broke up, disbanded. So I don't think we're going to get another uh, beautifully produced folk album from them but just enjoy Barton Hollow as it is because it's really solid um it kind of feels like something that you would hear in the distance uh as you wander the woods in the middle of the night um 
or that you'd probably hear in the background at a coffee shop but it's very very relaxing and again the way their voices mix together it's just something else so um very interesting also i should note um, my microphone is currently clipped onto a lamp so professional podcasting uh, equipment that's all we have here at the golden hour mixtape um so some of my favorite uh songs from this album are 20 years and the violet hour and um i don't speak french but c'est l'amour i'm guessing it's such as death i think i don't know i should have written that down but i didn't um but yeah 20 years the violet hour and c'est l'amour um the only criticism that i can really lobby against this beautiful album is that the title track doesn't really reflect the album that well um for being the lead single um it has kind of like a like a stompy country to it and it's it for me it doesn't really fit with the rest of the album because the rest of the album is really like understated and to quote darren lee pleasingly sparse and so to have like a really loud folk stomp song that's that's a phrase right loud folk stomp song to have that as your lead single for this really understated and unembellished album it feels kind of weird but in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter because it's being overshadowed by all of the other fantastic harmonies and chords and production like just all around beautiful uh project um so yeah highly highly recommend uh barton hollow by the civil wars Now flipping to side B. Alright, so in keeping with the theme of choosing albums that didn't really have an emotional impact on me, uh, we have the fourth album on this list. Uh, this is Heard It in a Past Life by Maggie Rogers. It is her debut studio album, released January 18th, 2019. And it was produced largely by one Greg Kirsten, who has worked with a thousand artists, oh my god, um, such as Adele, you may have heard of her, kind of small underground artist, no biggie. Uh, also Beck, who only has one studio album, not 14,000, and uh, Foo Fighters, um, which is Dave Grohl's cover band. Um, so the story behind this album for me, uh, is that I had heard a lot of good things about it. And so I listened and that's my story. Um, no, um, uh, <laughs> that's not the whole thing. Um, I listened to this album as I was helping, well, I clean with my parents. Like that's what I do for work. I clean. And uh, I listen to albums while I clean, and 
sometimes I find really, really good albums. And sometimes I find albums that are just kind of all right. And this was one of those. Um, I didn't really like it the first time uh, I listened to it. Um, She has kind of like a weird... uh, I don't want to say throaty voice. But throaty voice. Um, It's just kind of a... It was just kind of a meh album for me. I didn't have a problem with it existing, but I didn't love it for existing. So uh, I have a question written down here in my outline. Why include if not in love? And here's a simple reason. At the very least, this album will make you dance. And sometimes you just need those albums that get you moving, you know, like for your indie spin class, this is that album. Uh, I do have to say, as I listened to it, because I could tell from the first time I listened to it, I was like, okay, this isn't really for me. I didn't really like it. Um, But there's a good album in there. Maybe I just need to listen to it a few more times to find it. Um, So I do have to say it grew on me. Um, Say It is definitely my favorite of the track list. Um, other highlights include Light On and Give A Little, uh, but Say It is definitely the best of the three. Um, so yeah, so why include it if I don't really love it? Well, again, this isn't really stuff that I loved last year. It's just stuff that kind of has an interesting story behind it or stuff that I think, uh, has grown on me or stuff that I think would make a good Indie Spin Class soundtrack. Uh, So yeah, Um, uh, it it definitely grew on me. I do like it as an album now. It's on my list to buy for vinyl. Um, If I do have one criticism, one, yeah, one criticism other than I didn't like it the first time is that uh, Greg Kirsten, is like a really famous producer and to have uh once a have well i guess it's kind of like a good thing and a bad thing i mean to have a really famous producer this chair is loud to have a really famous producer on your debut album as a like relatively small artist it's i guess like that'd be a cool thing but Greg Kristen, he's worked with so many high-profile artists that I think what she needed for this album was somebody that was on a smaller scale that she could... Again, I don't know really what the process of her recording this was. I don't know if she connected with Greg at all. All I'm saying is he's famous and she wasn't. And so I feel like there was a little bit of a disconnect there emotionally. And so sometimes the production overshadows her already not super powerful voice. I mean, it's distinct, but it's not powerful. Um, So it is kind of interesting. Um, But here's the thing. Do I really care? Again, no. Because this album, I listened to it as I was cleaning. 
And did I lose the motivation to clean as I heard it? No. If anything, it made me clean faster. So again, it's probably the soundtrack for your indie spin class. And I'll leave it at that. And again, the highlights are Say It, Give a Little, and Light On. I highly suggest you check those out. And now we've reached our final pick. Um, this album, I actually do have a lot to say about. Uh, I adore this album. And when I got it on vinyl, it was like my biggest moment, or one of my biggest moments from 2021, musically. Musically? Musically? Music-wise, it was one of my biggest moments of that year. So the album that we're going to be talking about for uh, last, for last, last, is Sleep Well Beast by The National. Released September 8th, 2017. Produced by Aaron and Bryce Desner, Matt Berninger, and Peter Caddis. Caddis? Caddis? Caddis. Um, okay, where to start? Um, I was introduced to this album um, by uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, well, not introduced to this album. Introduced to The National by Taylor Swift through... What I'm assuming everybody has heard, uh, her last two uh, not re-records, uh, Folklore and Evermore, which Aaron Desner produced, and I didn't know anything about him until I listened to The National. And can I just say that The National is a gateway drug to Radiohead? Oh my god, I love this band. And I, d I think if it wasn't for The National, I don't think I would like Radiohead. So if you're really looking for a way into Radiohead, but you don't want to start with... Ra this is really specific. If you want to get into Radiohead, but don't want to listen to Radiohead, listen to The National, and then go to Radiohead. Because I feel like... I feel like a lot of... Radiohead is like the national and I could be speaking I could be making every single Radiohead fan listening extremely mad right now but I said what I said and I've already said it uh so yeah the national is a gateway drug to Radiohead I've said it it's out there it's recorded sorry um but oh my god this album is beautiful it has fantastic production uh the this album, I would consider it to be like a two headphone experience. Um, or I guess not headphone, two earbud experience, one headphone. Uh, two earbuds, one headphone. Um, okay, two earbuds, one set of headphones over both of your ears. There we go. Um, Basically, cover your ears um, when you listen to this with headphones, not hands, because um, the little details are what make this album what it is. And this album probably wouldn't be as good. I mean, the production is still really good, but personally, why I listen to The National is because Matt Berninger's voice is therapeutic 
so much so that the playlist I have for the National is called Why Pay for Therapy When Matt Berninger's Voice Exists. Whoa, he has big baritone, and it's extremely deep. I love it. It's, it's like, yeah, it's just deep. It, it goes, it hits all those little cracks in the soul. Um, but yeah, Matt's voice combined with Aaron's wonderful production is just a stellar combination. Chef's kiss. And one thing that I specifically like a lot about The National is Matt Berninger writes all of the lyrics and melodies. And he does a lot of them with his wife, uh, Corinne Besser. And can I just say that I really like it when couples work together on music? Um, I, I could be mistaken, but I think the Civil Wars dated. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. Um, but I think they dated. And there's just something about making music with somebody that you love that I think adds to the whole experience. Because it's like getting a different viewpoint, but from somebody that you adore and not a doctor. Um, for example, in the opening track, Nobody Else Will Be There, uh, it says... There's a lyric that goes, goodbyes always take us half an hour. Can't we just go home? And from the perspective of a married couple that just wants to hang out with each other and doesn't really care about being with other people for extended periods of time and wanting to leave a party with your mate, um, I think that's beautiful, one. And two, the fact that he wrote it with his wife just makes it all the better because you know Matt Berninger said to his wife, hey, let's get out of here and drink gin in the stairwell, which again is another lyric. Um, also, uh, this isn't really specific to their relationship, but uh, Day I Die says, because I really don't have the courage not to turn the volume up inside my ears. And I think for a lot of people, music is kind of an escape. And, you know, Shutting out the world is all the therapy they have, uh, which is sad. But to have somebody that understands those feelings, I think, is a, a really, um, really important uh, quality to have. You know, you can empathize with them. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Day I Die, I mean, it's it's... I like that song. It's very anthemic, but it's sad also because it's like talking about where, uh, like where where you're gonna stand with someone. It could be like your significant other or like a friend. Like where you stand with them on the day you die. Like ideally, you would want it to be amicable, but you know, you never know. Um, Wow, that took a turn for the dark. Uh, that's not what I meant. Um, let's just leave it at shutting out the world and having somebody that understands that sometimes you need to shut out the world. Good. Um, also, in the song Dark Side of the Gym, I think it's a really pretty song. 
probably one of the most creative love songs I've ever heard. Um, but he says, I'm going to keep you in love with me. And that line really, um, it really hits because it's almost like, it's almost un, it's almost an unrequited love because you're in love with them and you're going to keep them in love with you. But I don't know. For me personally, that's how the line is interpreted. Um, you know, being in love with someone and not knowing and the other person not knowing. Uh, or also it could be interpreted as um, I'm going to be like so good to you that uh, you're going to be in love with me forever, I think. I don't know. Um, I tend to go with the first interpretation. Um, but one thing that I really, really like about the National is they repeat phrases a lot in their lyrics. And it's not like, it's they don't repeat like a meaningless lyric. They repeat a lyric that has like a little bit of nuance to it and like an edge almost. And so when you hear that lyric repeated over and over again, it's almost like pleading, which I think is a really, really cool quality um, in their music. Um, I really like how they use that. And he does it a lot. They do it a lot. Um, and I think that's a really interesting little detail. Um, so yeah, this album, I listened to it. It's really good if you like great lyrics and um, different production, but still accessible and uh, baritone voices, you'll probably like The National. And if you if you do end up liking The National, you'll probably like OK Computer by Radiohead, which is a recent find um, for me anyway. I know it's been out since 97 or whatever. But uh, for me anyway, uh, it was a recent find and I really enjoyed that album. Um, so yeah, The National, Sleep Well Beast. When I found this record shopping, it was, again, one of my highlights, musical highlights of last year. And that's brought us to the end of the podcast, but not before I announce a segment that I will be having every episode in which I like to call the Goldie Oldie Award. Uh, so basically it's in the title. It's you know, awesome songs from a long time ago. And so the song that I chose that receives the Goldie Oldie Award for episode one is Beautiful Girl by George Harrison. Now, it has come to my attention recently that there is an alarming amount of people that don't know who the Beatles are, or they know who the Beatles are, but haven't listened to the Beatles. And from someone who's basically been a Beatles fan since the womb, and no, I'm not exaggerating. It's truly mind-boggling. Um, so for those that don't know, George Harrison was a member of the Beatles. He was known as the Quiet Beatle, and he wrote some of their best songs, uh, including While My Guitar Gently... Uh, I was going to say Sleeps. While My Guitar Gently Weeps and Something. Um... But that's not what we're talking about. After the Beatles broke up, uh, he made an album called 33 and One Third, November 19th, 1976. Um, 
That's not the title. The title is 33 and one third and it was released November 19th, 1976. Um, so that was post Beatles. And uh, this is another song that I found by accident. Um, I was over at a friend's house and we were listening to his records, which um, he, he had got a bunch from his grandpa. And um, one of them was this George Harrison album and we were listening to it and hanging out in his room. And uh, I, I was just blown away by this song. And so I added it to my like songs on Spotify. I listened to it the next day and I was just amazed. It's, I, I think, okay. I think 1976 was really a golden year for music. I mean, we got some of the best like classic rock albums ever. Um, punk rock like became a staple with the Ramones. And I, th I, I think it's a really good year for music. And I think this song is a perfect example of that. It's a really, really sweet love song. It has a really pretty um, chord progression. And it has this really cool guitar solo uh yeah you know, uh in the middle of it that i i think uh, people will enjoy um but yeah this is the goldie oldie award beautiful girl by george harrison highly suggest you listen to it and i hope that you like it and um that was the goldie oldie okay now we've reached the end of this episode um and i really hope you enjoyed the inaugural episode of the podcast uh, I really hope you found some new music. I hope I've amplified your, or not amplified, diversified your taste, uh, or amplified. I guess that works too. Um, ha there is a little disclaimer though that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode that I'm going to go more in detail now. Um, there's only so many episodes that I can make by myself about music without playing music. So I think from this point forward, this show will be a Spotify exclusive. Um, and not this is not to bash Anchor or anything. Um, for those that don't know, Anchor is uh, a platform uh, owned by Spotify uh, that facilitates um, podcast distribution and podcast recording. I'm using it right now. And this is not to bash Anchor at all. Um, but uh, the way that Anchor works, and since it's owned by Spotify, if I want to add any music to my show, it immediately makes the episode only available on Spotify, uh, which is understandable. I get that. Um, so I think just personally, based on my circumstances, I won't be able to afford another uh, podcasting um, app or website or service, I should say. Uh, and so I think moving forward, I'll only be able to use Spotify, which will make all of my episodes only available, or I think a majority of my episodes only available on Spotify. Um, that being said, only Spotify premium users will be able to hear the full song on my podcast. Um, and I believe Spotify free users will only get 30 seconds of the song. Um, and again, this is not to bash Anchor. But just due to my personal circumstances, this show will only be available on Spotify from here on out. It just uh, facilitates it because otherwise I'd have to reformat my entire show <clears throat> and uh, rewrite episode ideas that I've written down um, from weeks ago. And so uh, I think just in general for my personal um, schedule and my circumstances, 
it'll only be Spotify from now on. However, uh, this episode will be available everywhere. And if you like what you hear, again, you can listen on Spotify um, going forward. And I really hope you enjoyed the podcast. And I'm sorry that uh, I'm not able to distribute it everywhere, but just due to the content of my show um, and not wanting to do anything illegal by downloading mp3 files off of youtube uh i think it'll be in my best interest to just continue with spotify for now um so yeah so if you like the show follow me on spotify rate the show um hopefully the quality of these will get better and my editing will get better again this is the first podcast that i've ever made and so i don't really expect um well i hope you guys don't expect perfection from my first episode Um, But yeah, I really hope you enjoyed it.